Attention! Welcome to the Film Mages Podcast, where the popcorn is our ammunition, the couch is our foxhole, and the cinema is our place of worship. Now let me see your war face! Ah! <sighs> wow. That was at least, that was at least, I don't know, what was that, 45 seconds? Uh, 45, that's not bad. I'm still, st- I'm still practicing. One second delay. Oh, no. Uh, were you slowing and, the trigger? I was. I, I tried to click it and didn't oh. go. Well, what uh, are you talking about? Well, I'm why talking are you about slowing the trigger? Re- I'm talking about hitting the core, hitting the record button. Hitting the record. Why you hit? Why, why do we got a plan? Is Alexis not with us? Alexis isn't here. Hello, everyone. We're the film majors. Hello, film majors. I'm us. Wow, <laughs> this is fucking. We really jumped on this. Yes, doing so good. Uh, hi, I'm Zach. I'm Mick. I'm Alexis. And, uh, yeah, Alexis is, uh, she's in a better place now. She is in a better place. She is in heaven. I'm, also I'm in a Fresno. much hotter place, actually. Much hotter place. How <laughs> hot is it there? Um, seventh circle of hell hot. Um, JK, not yet. Um, give it another month and it will be seventh circle of hell hot. Um, it's 95 <laughs> degrees <laughs> over here. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yesterday, uh, it, it, it got up to, like, 100 almost, and I was like, oh, oh my God. God. What Alexis, what's going on with that? That's you know, not I, really I it. think it's climate change. She didn't even get it. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> totally. Uh, Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. Did you did you did hear you me hit the, hit the what's going on on that? I mean, but here's the thing. You said with that. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Here's a question. Does that count? I think so, because we're already talking about it. Yeah, now not, it does. This, this, By yeah, default, okay. now that you've now that you've drawn, you just grandfathered it in. I mean, we could count the second what's going on that I said just clean. Sure. We want to do that. I, I really don't. Well, care. Why do we need, no, to, we we need, to, we need to debate this? No, we need to argue about this for a good five to ten. I am firmly on the fence. Great. <laughs> Great. So what's I'm, going on? Yeah. Um, let me see here. Mother's Day. Mother's Day was great. That was fun. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. Ooh, trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Mom. I love you. Uh, I love you so much. I spoke on mom. the phone with my mom yesterday, and it was a grand old time. I called my mom, but she was not, not around. Did it go straight to voicemail? Uh, yeah. Yikes. Damn. Yeah, no, it has been blocked. <laughs> Mother's Day. No, we, it was great. I went out with, like, my entire family. We went to go get Thai food. And uh, my sister made cupcakes, so we had cupcakes for dessert at the Thai restaurant. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it was the whole fam bam, uh, you know, nice, nice uh, jokes fam, bam, going thank along. thank you, ma'am. Yeah, <laughs> like, when we're so hungry, like, all we can do is, like, fucking crack jokes at each other. And then, like, as soon as that's the food good. comes, we're all, like, deathly silent. <laughs> we were so hungry. <laughs> that's, that's so much better than being hangry. Yeah. What would you call that? You're being, you're honey. No, that's all right. We're all being honey. Funny? Fungry? Fungry. I don't <laughs> like that. <Ew. laughs> I don't, I don't want to get honey with anybody. The, 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 the VTF family's being really fungry over there. <laughs> What's up with that fungry family? The Marachinos are getting fungry, fungry up in this restaurant. The oh, that was the best Marichinos. part. One of my nephews was like, Alexa, Lex, you have a podcast and you didn't tell me? And I was like, oh, did I not mention that? And he was like, yeah. And then I was like, I have six nicknames on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, about right. Yeah. He, he, so he, what, he actually laughed pretty hard at the Marachino one. Excellent. Is this Noah? No, Noah's known about the podcast. It was Nick. 
Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, cool. so... Uh, Hi, Nick. You know what else is going on that what we didn't mention in our last episode? Oh, you're going to talk about the strike? Writer strike. Writer strike. Let's go, writers. Yeah. Get fucking paid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, stand in solidarity with the writers. Goddamn right. Yeah, I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes of stuff you can stuff you can donate to to support the strike. Yep. Uh, it's, you know. One of those things is my Venmo. Because I am unemployed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Likewise, I had a I had a job that fell we're, through. We're all feeling the strike. Yeah. I hey writers, if you're listening, I stand with you. Slight, you know, not next to you. I'm behind you, slightly, slightly to the, the left. Slightly to the left. Slightly to the left. Ducking behind something. I'm ducking behind bricks that Making are being thrown sure. at me by executives yeah. from the third floor. Yeah. Fucking wow. executives, man. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, fuck the executives, all power to the workers. Uh, yes. Let's get those writers paid. Yes. Uh, we yeah, here believe yeah. in communism on the, on the Film Majors podcast. Goddamn fucking right. Oh, That's my God. Right. What movies have right, you guys Alexis? been watching? Uh, several. I love how she skirted around it. Do you believe in communism, Alexis? Alexis. Let's get back to that Alexis, really are you a comrade or no? Are you a comrade? <laughs> I, I guess I'm a comrade. No, I just, uh, I was like, I... I <laughs> you got to lower your fist so that she can see it. Yeah. Trying, so to, trying to hold a jokes. fist up in solidarity, but yep. the zoom screen's kind of small. So, solidarity fisting. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you know what I watched as a as a film that I as saw. You watched it I watched as a film. Something as a film. What was you the know. film that Just you as saw? A film, as a film. It was something I watched. What was it? Uh, oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> Who was in that? Uh, no, I watched The Searchers, starring John Wayne. Oh, nice. I had never seen a John Wayne movie before. Yeah. And. Uh, it was very good. John Wayne's a real fucking rat bastard in that movie. Yeah. Uh, he's a former Confederate who's like bent on maybe killing his niece because she's been living with the Comanche. God forbid. Yeah. Real fucked so, up. So real, uh, real in line with his real personality? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Method. Method. Uh, yeah, but no, incredible film, really beautiful. Gorgeous uh, film, holy shit. Yeah, John Ford knows what he's fucking doing. I love it when you see a classic film and you're just and, it, and it's just one of the best restorations. Yeah, you know? no, it, it the, looks so good. The version of The Searchers on HBO Max. Incredible. It's an incredible restoration. Yeah. So please watch it. Yeah. Good um, time. Yeah, no, support John Ford. Yeah. Yeah. He needs your money, <laughs> I guess. In hell. In or, hell. Or, you know, wherever. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Implying John Ford's in hell. Yeah, I like that. That's good, man. We're making we're, ma- we're, making, we're making a good lot of friends content. here. Yeah, I watched uh, Existence. Oh, or Existence. Existence. Is it? It is Existence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is the David Cronenberg film from 1999, starring Jude Law and Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, um, yeah, uh, this was a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was a movie that uh, my girlfriend watched in college. And she had fond memories of it. She was like, have, you haven't seen this? You're a huge Cronenberg fan. I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. So we watched it. And I loved watching her reaction as the movie's going on because she's kind of like, huh. It's not holding up this as well as you remember. This is the movie I remember. I watched Existence uh, in like 2021, I think, with uh, past and future guest Edwin. Uh, right. And Edwin, I think, is likes Existence more than... Either of us, because I, I read your review, Mick, and yes. I, I tend to agree. I put Existence near the uh, near the bottom yeah. of my Cronenberg rankings. Uh, Alexis, for reference, Existence is like David Cronenberg's weird, fleshy version of Inception. Yeah, 
Um, but with okay. video games instead of dreams. Yeah, it's kind of like a like a middle ground between like Inception and The Matrix, but not as good as either one. Yeah, and, uh, and you know how uh, Alexis, we've talked about how David Cronenberg Crash is his uh, sexualization, fetishization of car crashes. Mm-hmm. You have um, uh, Crimes of the Future, which is his fetishization of surgery. This is his fetishization of game consoles or yeah. just video hmm. gaming. Yeah. Interesting. And like when Jennifer Jason Lee is like, like playing with the console with her toe, I gotta say, folks, as a pre, as a uh, no, don't do. It, I swear to God. <laughs> Did someone say toe? Excuse me. I'm sorry. I, I heard. God I heard something about playing with and toes. And I just, I was wondering, Alexis, where's that uh, that Venmo? At? Have you have you posted that yet? I don't, but uh, I have feet right here if you want to take a gander. Okay, and for reference, uh, Quentin has collapsed to the ground. We need to start locking the door when we record. I think Tootsies are just just too good, you know? (laughs) It's just, it's it's becoming a real problem. It is. Even even the little Asian ladies at the the salon were just like, you know who would love these? Tarantono. Tarantono. <laughs> that's true. Quentin Tarantono. Quentin Tarantono. He's lying that's on how the they ground in here as. right now, and he's not getting up. He's yeah, sort they of. They clearly a, listen ex- to the podcast because they know the yes, nickname. In the so, little Asian yeah. women community. Yeah, no. They, and, uh, they call him t- Tono. Tarantono, apparently. Yeah. I like it. That's good. I'm going to pick that up. Yeah, existence. It was weird. Yeah, she's like towing the console while she's on the bed. And as, yeah, someone who appreciates good foot content. That did not do it for me. I was actually like... I'm shocked. I was kind of reeling back. I was like, this is making me uncomfortable. This is making me uncomfortable. Like, I put an emphasis on the me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And everyone acts so uh, awkwardly in the film. And I get it. You get to the end of the movie. It's like, oh, that was the point. Everyone acts weird. I just, I don't know. It didn't, it it, it didn't, it feels like a vision of the future or a try is someone trying to predict the harms of VR or video gaming that just doesn't quite get it? I don't know. It's like it kind of had this. I hate to say this, but it kind of had this feeling of OK Boomer. Whoa. Like watching the Whoa. end of it. I know. Whoa. I know. I'm coming after. Coming after the big DC. Coming after the Cronenberg. Well, yeah, I, I would say Existence is probably my least favorite Cronenberg that I've seen. I yeah. love the weapon, though. The bone weapon? Yeah, the bone gun. The bone gun. The bone gun. <laughs> Good time. Um, yeah, well, I watched uh, I watched three new releases. <gasps> uh, I watched uh, a Netflix original called The Mother that my friend Hazel worked post on nice. for, like, two years. Cool. It's got... That's uh, a- Jennifer Lopez right. in it, and uh, and uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. Ooh, we love um, him. And yeah, I thought it was love okay. Him. I, yeah, yeah, that's right. There we yeah. go. Yeah, we love <laughs> him. Alexis is fucking yeah. keyed in. Yep. And my family um, actually listening. told me to watch this movie the other day. Honestly, did you watch it? Uh, no, because they told me yesterday, and I had to watch the Pirates of the uh, Caribbean movie. So gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I. I expected it to be kind of bad, as many uh, Netflix original films are. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't great, but, like, it was fine. It was you know, all right. Me and my I had family, an okay time. My family and I, we really liked that movie that Jennifer Lopez was in, Enough. You guys ever Haven't seen that? Seen no. Well, she, it's like, a, it's like a, she's in, like, an abusive relationship, and then she, like, gets out, and she basically has to, like, 
fucking come after the man, you know, for the safety of her child, which, so I guess the mother might wait be giving that kind of similar that's, energy. That's, hold on, hold on, that's hold on. not very, Alexis. that's not too dissimilar from on, the plot of back, the mother. Let's back it up. Is this a new movie or just come out a while ago? Enough? That came out in like the early 2000s. That was like. I have seen that. I have. Yes. Yeah. I, thought, the, she, I the, thought she was great in that movie. I don't know. Who is the douchebag uh, X, the abusive X? Is that Matt um, Dillon? No. Is it? No. Matt Dillon. I'm pretty sure her. I've seen that. I think my I think I watched that with my mom when I was a kid. Okay, yeah, it came familiar. out in 2002, directed by Michael Apted, um, and it's fuck. What is his name? I know that we have listeners screaming at us right now. Who the who the male who the bad is. guy in yeah. enough is? Is it Matt Dillon? Billy, uh, Billy Campbell? No, that can't be him. Yeah, maybe it is Billy Campbell. Billy Campbell. What is he in? Uh, Dracula? Dracula. <laughs> is he in Dracula? He's in Dracula, apparently. Oh, is um, he? Wait, who does he play? The American? Uh, fuck. In Dracula. Uh, God, we're going Quincy, down a Quincy P. Morris? <laughs> He's what? Quincy P. Morris? I don't know. Uh, oh. yeah, the American, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, the cowboy guy in the Dracula. Cow- right. With that the tracks. big mustache. Yeah. Yeah, the guy with the big knife, and Lucy's like, can I touch your knife? It's so... Big. I said that the other mm-hmm. night. All right. I know you did. I heard you. And I was like, please, I lock my door for a reason. Um, another film that I watched was uh, I did an It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia double feature. Oh, right. Because I watched mm. uh, Blackberry, which uh, co-stars Glenn Howerton. Ooh. And I watched Fool's Paradise, which was written, directed, and stars Charlie Day. Boo. Uh, we don't need to boo it. It's, I've heard not great things about it. I, and also, I just hate Charlie Day. <laughs> My mom saw it, too. What did she think? She said that the beginning was boring, but she was like, it might have been on the nose, but I think that it had a nice message. And I was like, cool. <laughs> What's the message? I think that it's like about how hard it is to find a genuine connection in Hollywood. Um, huh. I think that like... Oh. <laughs> Just like, kidding. I don't want to find that. I, I actually love Charlie. Yeah, Day. no. I, a, so, a, a for day. reference, uh, through my work, I, I did meet all the uh, Sunny guys once, and they were Ooh. all very nice people. Yes, um, that but, is an awesome experience you had, by the way. Yes, uh, but I, I would say that it, for Fool's Paradise, it feels like a lot of scattered bits, some of which work, some of which don't. Yeah, I think it has. It looks really what good. Like it's it's very well shot. It has a cool like aesthetic that kind of like combines every single different I'm era a big of Hollywood. Fan of aesthetics. Oh, then you might be a fan of Fool's Paradise. Right. But you know what does not work is Ken Jeong, <laughs> who that? is uh, the co lead. Ken Jeong. He uh, he has also been in The Hangover, Crazy Rich Asians, Step Brothers. Uh, oh, is he the comedian? Yes. I thought he was uh, terrible. I thought he was terrible in the movie. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard uh, some of my was specifically Korean friends not like him at all. Well, because he he, he kind of has the shtick of kind of like playing up the stereotype of Asian people. I would say he doesn't do that in Fool's Paradise. So that's not, he's just bad in another reason. He is just a grating, uh, unwatchable presence. And he is the secondary lead of the film, so it's kind of a problem. Uh, The haunted ice cream truck is back in our neighborhood. Damn it. Um, 
but I, I had an interesting experience watching it because a lot of the performances are like really dialed up and very in like a very physical way. And Charlie Day's character like doesn't speak for basically the entirety of the movie. And I I have a sneaking suspicion that this like almost would work as a silent film. Like I think if you if you watch the movie with no dialogue track, I think it would actually like the story would still completely make sense and I think it would play better. We talked we talked about this. What's funny about that is who said it? Steven Spielberg. Like if you can watch a movie, yeah, if you can watch a movie with uh, the sound, the sound, it still makes sense. That's a great film. If it still holds up, it's a great film. But this is a movie that actually would be improved. Would be better (laughs) if you watched it with the sound up. Yeah, that's fascinating to me. Uh, Yeah, no. So I kind of want to try that. Uh, But Blackberry, I thought was great. Uh, Glenn Howerton's incredible in the movie. I I can't Uh, wait to watch that. Also, if you are uh, like my family and you are Canadian, it is the most Canadian film of the year. Is it? Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's a significant plot point about trying to move the Pittsburgh Penguins to Hamilton, Ontario. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. Sorry, going back to existence for a second. I just had one of those classic Cronenberg moments where the, where the final shot is happens, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then the credits roll, and it just says, funded by the Canadian government. <laughs> and it's always so funny. That's honestly one of my favorite parts of Cronenberg movies is you watch some fucked up shit. And then you, you immediately see that it's funded by the California Film by the Society Canadian by the Canadian D- government. Canadian, yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, it's <laughs> incredible that David Cronenberg has managed to finance all his fucking weird pervert just, movies with yeah. government money. He's on speed dial. Hell yeah, uh, Alexis. Other than pirates, have you uh, have you watched any films? Films? Mm, no, I don't think I did watch any films this week. Actually. If I didn't, I didn't log in on my letterbox, and therefore it is lost didn't to the wind. It didn't happen. It's lost to the wind. Like I, yeah, I'm sure I did watch something. I know I watched Shit's Creek. I, I know I had to have watched something, but I no idea what that was. So you know, you guys, you guys take the floor. Well, I cool. I've pretty much covered everything I've watched. I I had a little not a movie that I watched, but an experience. I got to first AD on a commercial, which I'm very proud of. It went very well. Congratulations. Thank you. And the script supervisor did um, second unit on the Fablemans. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Neat. And she had a fun little story about Steven Spielberg. So apparently uh, this was when they were doing a lot of interior stuff, and they built a lot of their sets on sound stages up in Santa Clarita. And first unit was in a sound stage right next to where second unit was shooting. And any time first unit... Uh, And for those of you who don't know, first unit is a camera and second unit is where you have a whole nother film crew shooting, shooting different parts of the movie, typically not with principal cast. Yeah, uh, it, you I've, just done, get, I've done a little bit of yeah. second unit stuff, and we were just like picking up right. exterior shots to be used, like exactly, you know, to establish locations. In the right, movie. less. I don't want to say lesser important stuff, but it's, just like it's stuff that you don't need main cast for. Exactly. So Steven Spielberg, he would be with first unit, and then they would be in between setups. So they've got their shot. Now they have to rearrange everything to get another shot. And when that would happen, Steven Spielberg would walk over to second unit, and he would go, "Okay, so." Hi, everybody. He'd talk to the first AD. He would talk to script supervisor. He would talk to the uh, DP and go, here's our first setup. Okay, it's going to be like that. And then here's our second setup. The camera's going to come in this way. Then the third setup is going to go over here. And then here's the fourth setup. 
And then around seventh setup, apparently the DP, first AD, the group supervisor, all looked at each other and was like reaching for a notepad or a pen because they realized that this motherfucker is going to keep on going. And he, <laughs> on average, would get to like setup 13. Wow. All in his head. And he would just be describing like boom, 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 boom. Okay, got it. Everyone good? All right, great. Good luck. And then he'd go back over to first unit. Oh. And that is just how he shoots. That's crazy. Like that's, that's. Fucking it's just nuts. all there in his I know, fucking brain. I know everyone just heaps praise onto the pile that is that is Steven Spielberg. But, man, you know, you hear a story like that, and it's like, that, that praise is, you know, it's deserved, man. He's a hard-working fucking maniac. Yeah. Like, he, he, just, he has that brain. It's incredible. Anyways, I thought that was a really cool story. He's goaded with the sauce. He's goaded with the goat sauce. Well. Technically, it's mint jam. All right. Uh, do we have anything else? I don't have anything else. I don't believe. No, I right. think Existence was the only film I saw this year. Or uh, year. <laughs> week. Uh, I also watched Magic very quickly, which is a, oh, that's right. a oh, horror film yeah. starring Anthony Hopkins. No, we gotta Hopkins. talk about that. Because uh, I, I grew up watching that movie. I'm curious to see what you thought. I quite enjoyed Magic. Uh, it's uh, a movie where Anthony Hopkins plays a ventriloquist uh, who's kind of losing it. Yeah. You could say? Yes. Uh... I, I kind of wanted to see... A, a lot of the movie takes place with him kind of, like, holed up at this bed and breakfast place right. with this uh, woman who he went to high school with. Yes. Um, I would have kind of liked to see a little more, like, performance with the dummy. Uh, with but, frats? Yeah. But overall, uh, creepy movie, fun watch. Uh, I know they were talking about remaking it. Uh, Sam Raimi at one point was attached, but cool. he left the project. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, check out Magic. It's a fun watch. That uh, Apparently they modeled Fats's face off of uh, the shadow that Anthony Hopkins' silhouette would make. That makes sense to me because the puppet looks eerily like Hopkins. Yes, that's how <laughs> they molded like his face. Up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm rewatching uh, Alexis, it, I was like, I'm gonna just show you oh, yeah, an image show. of this over the. That is one creeping looking doll. You know, it kind of yeah, looks like fast. the Dead Silence doll. Yes. Oh. Oh, yes. are we right? gonna talk Dead Silence? Are we talking about one of the best movies ever made? <laughs> Starring. Did I watch Donnie Dead Wahlberg. Silence with you? Bum, bum, bum. You, I think we watched yeah, it together. If you hang out with either of us, you would have seen it by now. Yeah. Well, no, I, 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 I just like, I know we watched The Boy together, but I don't remember sure if I was the there boy. for your Dead Silence <laughs> night this year. Dead Silence was... It's Mitchie. Oh, my God. Uh, we yes. just had a cameo by Alexis's uh, child, Mitchie. Oh, what a Look at the booby. Um... Yeah. Anyways, killer no, dead, dolls. Dead, dead Silence was my uh, pick for October first, uh, last year's spooky season. That's which, a fun one. Uh, everybody, get ready! I've been working on my list. It's only five months out. Wow! Get excited! I am excited. I'm very uh, excited. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Magic was the last movie that I kind of wanted to mention, and uh, with that, let's hop out of what's going on. Bye. Woo. Hello. We're back. We're back, folks. Wow, we're this back. This summer, um, boat month continues. Whoa, what? Hold on. What month? Oh, I'm sorry. Month. I just, is that, is that the ocean breeze? Is that, what's up there? Alexis, do you see that? It's. I think I see a seagull. Ah, ah, ah. No. That's not a seagull. <laughs> no, seagull. No, <laughs> that, well, I don't know what the hell that was. 
That's that's closer. <laughs> Jesus, wow, that's a loud seagull. You know yeah. what? I I, I, I would that, do it if it, if it weren't for the fact that this leg. is a, a reputable podcast. No. But uh, I would not, do the, the seagull from fucking under this uh, the Little Mermaid scuttle oh, scuttle. The- like the noises the that that's... he makes when he's singing, but they're they're atrocious. I would never do them out loud on the podcast. I'm not <sighs> familiar with that one. Is it like that? Is that like that? No, it's not because he's trying to sing, and and then they're like, "Stop it! You're literally killing the mood so bad." And then Sebastian starts singing "Kiss the Girl" to uh, fix it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Cartoons. You know what, guys? It's okay. Cartoon. Well, okay, whatever. <laughs> so today's theme. Is cartoons. Cartoons. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I was uh, I was literally I literally watched Kiss the Girl this week because I saw a clip from Kiss the, the live action Little Mermaid that What's Kiss uh, the Girl? Oh you mean you, you saw you saw a clip of Kiss the Girl? Kiss the Girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I watched that clip from the original Little, Little Mermaid. Mermaid. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I saw a clip from the new one that fucking depressed the shit out of me. So why? Because it's so fucking gray and lifeless. Is it? Yes. Are you not excited for the new of live action? Of course I'm not excited. Aww. I've been ringing this bell every single time a live action Disney remake comes out. Aww. They're all fucking morally and creatively bankrupt and they should not exist. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. What's our theme, man? Making a stand, man. You're goddamn right. So our theme today is movies that make crime feel sexy. Yeah. Uh, which, honestly, um, I know listeners right now are probably thinking of a bunch because there are a lot. Basically, name any heist film ever. I That was where I was going to start. You know. In fact, yeah. I would say that you can you can kind of go with there's like one heist film that I would say is not particularly sexy, which Alexis might disagree with, and it's Logan Lucky. Yeah, oh. I wouldn't say that's uh. sexy. <laughs> yeah, Alexis, I, I think she has. I think we have an that. objection. Why do you? What? Like, what kind of jumps out at you in Logan I, Lucky as being sexy uh, and girthy? <laughs> yeah, kind of thick, perhaps tubular. Uh, yeah, you know, it, surprisingly, there's only one of them in this movie, but I feel like the the one looks really good, and that is Adam Driver's hand. Um, yeah, there it is. Oh. Oh, excuse me, that's yeah, that's hand because Adam hand. Driver only has one that's arm. Right. He's wearing a prosthetic right. for the movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I guess it's not really that sexy, but uh, honestly, there's a lot of sexy people in it. They're just not doing sexy things. But yes. Riley Keough. She's fucking hot, okay? Like, I don't know. I, I just, like, she she does hair. She also can drive a car really fast um, and safely. That's like, we love that. A safety queen? Yeah. I just, there's a lot of hot actors in that movie who have been uglied up. Yes. Or uglied down. Is Ugl- it uglied up? You know, they've been uglied. They've been uglied. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of other heist films... The Oceans movies, very sexy. That, very sexy. Yeah, that was that was gonna be my I, answer. And I've I've often said that the sexiest crime of all, just outside of cinema, just in general, is um, an art it, heist. Is art? Yeah, is yeah. stealing art. Come on, being an art thief is the sexiest one. So I have to put um, uh, what's that called? The one with uh, um, fucking Pierce Brosnan. What's the that Thomas called? Crown Affair. The Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah. Now I, I'm not even saying those are great movies. I haven't seen the original. I enjoyed the Pierce Brosnan one, but man, it, it what it did do was make it seem sexy. Mm. I gotta say, stealing art, man, 
That's just hot. And then also, I got to put Gone in 60 Seconds up there. <laughs> I do think that Gone stealing, in 60 I, yeah. Stealing yeah. cars is hot. Yeah. It's yeah. very hot. All right, so you two I, speak on this. I'm I'm not really I always say that I'm not really a car person, but my trip to the Peterson Museum and the movie Gone in 60 Seconds truly begs to differ. <laughs> yes. No, it's it's uh again when I watched that with Alexis, I was expecting it to not hold up, which was weird because when I rewatched Italian Job, I was expecting that one to hold up, and it was opposite experiences. That's another movie that makes crime sexy, by the way. But uh, yeah, Gone in 60 Seconds still holds up. It, it's just, it's cool, man. It's cool. You're having a good time. You're stealing the fucking Shelby GT500. What's sexier than that? It's Eleanor. Eleanor, a car, has its own theme, like like theme song in it. And it's being driven by Nicolas Cage, who like gently like rubs his hand on the side of the car and is speaking to her in a whispery voice like, this is going to be our moment. This is going to be the ride. I want you to behave like he's taming the beast Whoa. and it's hot as fuck. I'm, I don't know if I'm, I, I, into yeah, this. No, Hold I'm telling on. you, I'm telling you, man, it's a Ooh. good time. Also, Delroy Lindo's in it. <laughs> What's sexier I than that? I love Delroy Lindo. Also, he's they so play, good. um, what is it? Low Rider as their like hype music. Low Rider is their hype song. Is this kind of hot? Their hype song. Yeah. Yeah. Also, DMX is in it. Not in it. So, his music's in it. I'd like yeah. to, uh, I'd like to pivot our crimes. I'd like to pivot our crimes away from heists for just a moment. Are you going to okay. talk about The Gentleman? Because that's my number one pick. Oh, no. I'm going to talk about Gone Girl, baby. Ooh, yes. Ooh, that's a oh, good choice. What's yeah, sexier than your one. wife framing, framing you, you for murder? I completely agree. Oh, man. I've long said that Rosamund Pike could yeah. do that to me, and I've meant it. You remember, Alexis, do you remember when I watched that for the first time, and I had a picture of Rosamund Pike covered in blood, and I sent it to you going, is this love? Yeah. Because yeah. When she, I, I spoiler yeah. alert. When she... Uh, Slits fucking Neil Patrick Harris's throat while yeah. they're fucking right as he busts. That is actually kind of the hottest thing I've I think I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It's kind of it's interesting. I can it I can write that off of lying. my bucket list. You know, seeing yeah. that at least once. Know, it goes from the bucket list and onto the fuck it list. You're goddamn right. <laughs> a movie that that's a movie that someone I know was in and it wasn't very good. That would be funny if they redid a uh, bucket list with Jack. Uh, oh Jack no, there Nicholson. is a movie called The Fuck It List. It's on Netflix. Really? Yes. What? Yeah. So my friend, to it? my friend Eli was in it. It's not good. Oh come on. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. Go check I out hate the that fuck idea because they did it before you me. Say the fuck it list or the bucket yeah, list. F- fuck it list. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said the bucket list because there is also a movie called The Bucket List. Yeah, That's we were talking. We're talking yeah, we were it. talking about like he was like, Jack "There's Nicholson already the bucket list. The, what if yeah. there was the, the fuck fucking list, list, but oh. someone beat you to it?" Yes, yeah. that was a live action replay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love one that. of our famous uh, filmmakers replays. Do you guys remember Catch Me If You Can? Oh yeah, yes, of course we do. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's I a, kind of. It's, I love. I would love to film? pretend to be a bunch of different fucking people and just like hop around the country and planes. That'd be cool, I guess. I don't know. Well, then you should join a, a troupe of theater actors. That's exactly what they do. The yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't know that that's a real viable option these days. Why? I don't know that we have too many traveling bands of. Are actors. you kidding? You tell me with a writer's strike right now, I'm this close to joining a theater troupe. <laughs> Mick. Don't get desperate, man. Hold out. Yeah, uh, you're right. I don't want to become a theater kid. No, I love the sequence in Catch Me If You Can that's uh, set to Come Fly With Me. Come where he, Fly With Me. Uh, gets Leonardo DiCaprio gets all of the like attractive college-age girls yes. in like a fake 
stewardess program mm-hmm. so that they can uh, distract the FBI so he can escape through Miami International. Right. It's so good. Oh, my God. What a great sequence. Who, who directed that? Huh? Who directed that movie? Which one? Was that Stevie Spielberg who made Catch Me That's If You That's right. Can? That was Stevie Spielberg. Wow. And also, Wait, I gotta it? give a shout out. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that's oh, one of my favorite and, Spielberg movies. And that's John Williams who did that score, which Great is the score. most un-John Williams score he's ever done. It's like super jazzy. Yeah. Too no. jazzy? I love that score. It's great. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, I did not know that. I saw that. I saw Catch Me If You Can in theaters. So it's wow. been like a dec- two decades since I've seen this movie. That was like cry. on my that was on my short list of uh, Christmas movies to talk about this year. Is that a Christmas movie? Yes, yeah, and it circles back to Christmas like so many times during that movie. Interesting. DiCaprio literally has a line to uh, Tom Hanks where he's like, "How is it that we're always talking on Christmas?" Mm. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah. why that cracked me up. Come on. Uh, um, what's another? What's another? I feel like we're we haven't really unearthed any. Like uh, like I am genuinely asking. Okay. You well, guys, we talked about we, we mentioned the oceans movies, but we never like right. elaborated on why they're sexy. Well, but why? What do we have to? It has George Clooney and Brad yeah. Pitt in it. Oh my god! That's what it. a smooth operator George and it also Clooney has, is. Uh, what's what's the guy's name who smokes a cigar? Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould. Hell yeah! I mean, that's probably the hottest thing about it. You're goddamn right. Of California Split have fame. Have you seen a young Elliot Gould? Oh yeah, I've oh seen California my Split. God. Yeah, he's a fox. Also, Thief. That's a movie that makes. Yeah, the <laughs> Michael makes, Mann movie. I, also, Thief heat. makes the, fucking Heat, man. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, both of those make, like, the process of crime, of crime kind of sexy. very sexy. Just because of, like, yes. how process-focused they are. Yeah. Like, the the drilling of the safe. Oh, Ooh. God. Drill on in there, drill, buddy. Drill, baby, drill. Oh, yeah, brother. What's another one, Okay, Zach? okay, okay, okay. I've got one, I've got one, I've what got one, it? I've got one, I've got one. Double Indemnity. Ooh, yes. yeah. Very good choice. Yeah. That, Billy ankle, Wilder that, movie. that ankle shot? Mm, tasty. We yeah. love the ankle shot. No, some the very sexy stuff about committing insurance fraud, but also murder. That's yeah, a very like, good. The first time you see, is it Barbara Stanwyck? Yes, it yes. is. Okay, so the first time you see her, it starts like at her ankle, like on her shoe, and you can see like her ankle, and then it kind of like drifts up until you can actually see like her whole body. It's hot, yes. yeah. super hot. That's very good. Yeah, no, that's a genuinely good picture. If if you're one of those people that are on the fence about ah, it's black and white. How good could it be? Please, very watch good. It. It, watch very, it. Very Edward good. G. Robinson's great in it too. Yes, I yeah. love his whole his whole spiel there. He's got a little man, little man on his stomach. Never lies. Um, but I would say the sexy crime aspect of that movie is when you spoiler alert. When you realize that Barbara Stanwyck has been playing Fred McMurray the whole time, and her him demeanor like just sort of shifts, and yeah. you realize that she's in fact some sort of a some sort of a femme fatale. Femme fatale. Uh, love those yeah. femme fatales. We Foxy. love the we love the femme fatales. Great, <laughs> right? You, you crushed that man. Of course. You know, I'm going to put the sting up there too. The Sting? I think The Sting makes crime seem sexy. And The Godfather. I don't know that either of those make crime seem sexy. I think, I they think make, it does. Uh, I it think makes, The Sting well, makes, makes it crime seem, cool. seem fun. Makes it seem cool. Yeah. I, and I think that's just going to happen. I, you know, I was going to say uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, too. I think that's just inherently, if you put Robert Redford and Paul Newman and they're criminals. It's kind of sexy. It's kind of sexy by default. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, anything else? Alexis, you Any got anything biker else? biker movies? Biker movies. That was random. 
You don't have to do yeah, a biker don't, don't movie. Don't answer that question. <laughs> well, that I, I can't think question. of any. <laughs> uh, Easy Rider. That's a biker movie. What was, well, Wild Hogs with... Uh, Great, awesome. <laughs> We're naming biker movies. <laughs> no, <like> stop. <laughs> is is Easy Rider Hogs? the one with Eddie something? Uh, Eddie Like Izzard? the character... No. The character's name is Eddie. I don't. I don't know. My dad Eddie, really liked this one Eddie. movie with this guy named Eddie. I think there's something with the motorcycle in it. <laughs> uh, no, that, no, no the characters are uh, Wyatt and Billy. They're played by Fuck. Peter Fonda and Dennis yeah. Hopper. No, the one you're thinking of is uh, Mouse and the Motorcycle. No. There's a All guy right. named Eddie. In there. <laughs> sure. No. The old man Eddie. Do we have any other movies that make crime scenes? <laughs> Wild Hogs with Martin Lawrence. That's not and a crime movie. The, have you have you read that screenplay? I've never it's even a crime. seen that movie. <laughs> pay the writers. Yes, pay the writers. Also, I'm going to put Bad Boys up there. Bad Boys. Bad, bad boys. boys. What you going to do? What you going to do? You're going to do, do, do. Bad. That's not the lyrics. That's not the lyrics at all. And how is that movie that sexy? Because it just it, it's Michael Bay in Miami. No, no I'm shutting you down. Miami on this. I'm and, and you down. Will Smith. <laughs> Say more words. Martin Lawrence is in it. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Wait, no, they're cops. Oh I my just remember god! Cops. Yeah, they That's are. That's not sexy. <laughs> wow. um, would we consider uh, Scream to make crime look kind of sexy? Yeah, I'd say I, so. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I think we Definitely. can make an exception for Scream every time. Billy and Stu no, do crime. have a, do no have a supernatural sexual energy. Uh, well, they really do. I mean, yes. Yeah. I think it is sexy. Yeah. I think we've, yeah, but isn't I think it we've all decided when they, like, get away with it? Like, they died, you know? Like, they really didn't... They didn't really think I don't know, through when they, that finale very well. Wait, what? What are you saying it's sexier that they that they live or that they die? I mean, I feel like it would have been hotter if like, oh, they actually had gotten away with it. I would actually watch that movie. Of- <laughs> I don't know. I got I get <laughs> tremendous. Sydney yeah. and <laughs> I get tremendous release when they die. <laughs> well, all right. Let's not delve into that too deep. Uh, Mick, why are we talking about this? Um, Tim Allen is also in Wild Hogs. I just oh remember. Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, we're talking about you wouldn't steal a DVD. We're talking about the sexiest crime of all. You wouldn't steal a car. Piracy. It's a crime. We're talking about the sexiest crime of all, which is pillaging and plundering of various ports around uh, maritime locations. We're talking about piracy (laughs) because today's movie, folks, is 2003's Gore Verbinski's Pirates of of the the Caribbean, Caribbean, The the Curse Curse of the the Black Black Pearl, Pearl. which I found out Gore Verbinski hated that title. Really? Yeah. Uh, Originally, it was just going to be Pirates of the Caribbean, and uh, Michael Eisner... Yeah, was the yeah, CEO, he was of, the the time. CEO of Disney. Five the months before release goes, you should put Curse of the Black Pearl as this as the sub like line of, of, of yeah, the continuation. The subheading, the yeah. subheading because uh, we think it would make it more appealing to kids and also it would mean that it kind of insinuates that there will be sequels. And um kind Gore of Verbinski, a good choice. Gore, it is I like it, but Gore Verbinski made a good point where it's like, um, did you read the script, Michael? It's Curse of the Aztec Gold. Yeah. The Black Pearl isn't cursed. 
Yeah. And so he I mean, hated it. the crew it. of the Black Pearl is cursed, though. The crew yeah. of them is cursed, but beca- it's... I'm beca- going to stick up for Michael Eisner a little bit. It's a better title. I know. I'm kind of with you. I, I've always I loved... Hate, I'm fucking sticking up for the suit here. I hate to do out it. Out of Dead Man's Chest and at World's End, because... Uh, it's those oh, are the Dead main Man's three. Chest I like my... Dead Man's, but Curse of the Black Pearl that has favorite. some fucking kick ass. It's just it's it, a, it has that good uh, theme park feel to it, which is exactly the fucking point. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so they had a they had a compromise where, and all of the posters, Curse of the Black Pearl is on very very small fart <laughs> <laughs> because Gore Verbinski was like, no, and Michael Eisner's like, yes, and so that was a make it little, yeah. Um, I'm going to read the uh, description of the film, if that's okay. Yeah, you better get it right, Google. All righty, here we go. Here we go. Buckle up, folks. Keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all time and enjoy the ride. Captain Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp, arrives at Port Royal in the Caribbean without a ship or crew. His timing is inopportune, however, because later that evening, the town is besieged by a pirate ship. The pirates kidnap the governor's daughter, Elizabeth, Kira Knightley, who's in possession of a valuable coin that is linked to a curse that has transformed the pirates into the undead. A gallant blacksmith, Orlando Bloom, in love with Elizabeth, allies with Sparrow in pursuit of the pirates. Are they going to watch the blacksmith? fucking movie? <laughs> Fuck off. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's almost exactly what happened. Yeah, happens. no, that's like a solid summation to the first act. I like how they said the yeah. Port Royal was besieged. Yeah. I love. How an, often do you get to drop I besieged? I was going to say, that's an underused term. Alexis, how often are you throwing besieged around in your day-to-day? Uh, you know what? More often than you would think. I'm just That's kidding. great. <laughs> you're fucking. I, if that's true, you're living like a f- fundamentally better I, life. I can't than wait I am. to talk to my therapist, and she's gonna be like, "How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling kind of besieged. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I've been besieged by me trauma. So, uh, I'm sorry. It's boat month. I, forgive me, therapist. Um, yeah, uh, no. Yeah, I. So, a couple of things. We have a returning director. We uh, do. For our second time, this is Spielberg true. got there first, but, but Gore, Gore Verbinski, Verbinski uh, directed one of my all-time favorite films, A Cure for Wellness. Which was, we really, that was one of our earliest episodes. Yeah, that was like the last episode of Spooky Season last year. Go back and check it out. Um, and we have a returning actor. We do. In Kira Knightley. Yes. Who is playing Elizabeth Swan here. From uh, Pride and Prejudice. She is also in Pride and Prejudice. Which, which is another earlier episode. Yeah, back from November. Period Peace Palooza. <laughs> yes, one of my favorite months. Yes. Uh, so, all right, when did we all first see Pirates of the Caribbean, if we recall? Um, well, it was March 7th, 2006. I actually have no idea of the date. All my right. uh, my aunt uh, Julie, if you're listening, Aunt Julie, thank you for lending me your DVD. Uh, she gave me the DVD of Curse of the Black Pearl, and I was like, okay, yeah, I remember seeing this being advertised on the television sets at the Fred Meyer Tech section. So yeah, I'll check it out. Um, and to be clear, you were 11 years old at this time, but you you talked like sort of a so five year old little orphan. And I remember thinking. Wow, this is cool. This is so, so cool. And also frightening, because when Port Royal gets besieged, I remember being, I remember thinking, oh, this is kind of a fun swashbuckling movie. I like tall ships. I like pirates. This is fun. And then, you know, Jack Sparrow does his thing where he's swinging around. Oh, this is fun. And they have a little sword fight in the, in the, in the, 
in the blacksmith's place. Oh, this is fun. But then, then they get besieged by the pirates and they're screaming and the guy's eyeballs like squirming around and they're like, they're, they're, they're just doing all sorts of piracy. And it freaked me out, man. I remember this was one of the first movies where I felt frightened, but in like an excited sort of way. It was I remember very similar to how I felt watching the Lord of the Rings movies as a kid. I remember being scared by this movie when I first saw it as yes. well, because I, I saw this. I want to say I saw this last year, right? The winter that it came out. No, really? 2003? Yeah, I was five. Wow. Uh, I Jesus. watched it at a New Year's party. Uh, That's a great New Year's and party. I was scared shitless. And then I went on to watch the other films in theaters. And uh, I was scared during those as well. Uh, nice. Davy Jones and the Kraken. <laughs> He's just frightened the whole I was, time. So, you know, little, little Zach origin. Uh, I was a very scared kid. Same. I, I was, like, terrified of You know the saying, don't cry over spilled milk? I, you spilled milk and I you wet. violated that rule <laughs> repeatedly in my school cafeteria. I remember someone spilled my milk and I just immediately bawling. Yeah. 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 No, I was very sensitive, very, very scared. Uh, but that's cute. I think now, we you grew know, up to be very good men. Yeah, really well adjusted. Well adjusted. And not like men. weird about scary shit. No. Yeah. As we talked about Scream being sexy crimes. <laughs> we were good uh, that's kids. That's fair. I was scared of everything but, as a kid, too. Yeah, that that's was, why that we're was all friends. First because we're all yeah, terrified I, together. I did not cry at school though. <laughs> there we go. You never yeah, cried you at tough. school. I uh, no. I think there's like a handful of times that I ever cried at school. Wow, hats off to you. That's I was a I was a I was a suffering silence child. Wow, that's healthy. Yeah, I like that. That's <laughs> what my stuff it down. That's what my mother always told me to do. It's like just stop, stop this whole that's emoting. Throw your mom under the bus right after Mother's Day as anymore. As I got it's home, fair game. If, as soon as I got home, it was on. Fucking, just, it was on. Yeah, it's on, baby. Yeah, no, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> it's just waterworks. As soon as you get home, yeah. Alexis, how is school? Ah! Well. <laughs> now that we've covered that, Alexis, what was your first experience watching this film? Yeah, if you recall. Uh, I I don't recall, but I, I'm pretty sure that I saw this in theaters because I was nice. going to the I think I really started going to the movies with like my parents, like around like maybe like six to seven. That was probably around the time that I really recall actually going to see movies. Um, this came out when I was eight, so I definitely saw this movie in theaters. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, what did you? Oh, you don't remember? <laughs> no idea. Because when I was watching this with my mom last night, I was like, "Wow, I've not actually watched this movie all the way through in like quite a while, actually." Really? Yeah. This is. I don't know. It's been this a is minute. one of those movies that's on regular rotation for me. I feel like I've seen this part of the way through a lot of times in yeah. recent years. But so I was I was telling Alexis this when I uh, watched this movie. Yeah. There's a point uh, where. The Black Pearl arrives at Isla de Muerte. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time they show up thinking that Elizabeth is uh, Bill Turner's right. child mm -hmm. to try to do the sacrifice and lift the curse. Uh, and on the DVD that my family owns, there is a skip right there. It skips... <laughs> All of the stuff of them. You mean like, like the DVD was the damaged? The DVD is scratched. Oh. So it skips all of the stuff where like Elizabeth gets on like the boats with Barbosa and his crew. And it just cuts right back to Jack 
So, oh. like, you get, like, a shot of the Black Pearl after yeah. a scene uh, with Jack and Will on the Interceptor. Right. And then it cuts right back to the Interceptor. Interesting. And I w- was watching it, and I was like, wow, I haven't seen <laughs> these, like, 20, 30 seconds of this movie probably since 2003. The Lost Scenes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that was nice for me. That's cool. Nice to, nice like to watch, watch it for the first time. Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the have, first time in 20 years. I have a bone to pick with uh, Disney Plus. Pick your bone. What is it? Uh, okay, so like some of their movies are in like 4K on Disney Plus, right? Uh and uh, I tried to play Pirates of the Caribbean yesterday, and <laughs> my TV just over here just straight up wouldn't like it was playing it. But then sometimes the audio wasn't coming through, and then sometimes like the it was the scenes were Ooh. catching. And I was like, "Wow, this quality is so nice!" But I think my either my TV or my internet can't fucking play it. So thank oh, God. Oh, because it is in 4K. Huh. <laughs> It, it, so it's in 4K, but it was struggling to play it because play it. it was so like, yeah, because it's so heavy. fucking high quality. Like oh, I don't wow. like my TV. Yeah, my, I think this is a TV that I bought like I don't know, at least like five years ago, <laughs> six years right. ago. I don't know. Um, that was before 4K was invented. <laughs> sure, Low I don't key. know that that's back true. In the, it is back in 2018. Stop touching the mic. Why? <laughs> I like the way it feels in between my fingers. Oh, I don't like the way Lord. it sounds. <laughs> yeah, so thank thank God I had this fucking shit on DVD. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even been able to play it without. See, there it is once again, folks. Physical media this, undefeated. This show is brought to you by Physical Media, You're where we right. where we enjoy media, and by golly, we get physical. Oh yeah, so. Ooh. Um, he's he's gently caressing my leg with his large toe. Yeah. Or that is that your toe? That's my money maker. Oh, so then no. <laughs> so the answer to that question is no. Then because I know for a fact those are not his money makers. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, um, getting back to the movie. Uh, yeah, can, can we get back on topic? Let's God, talk about Jesus. I, I'm so proud. I think this is the first time I've ever gotten to say that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done, Alexis. Thank you. Roping us in. Tying um, us up. Can, I, can, can we talk about how great the transition between the past to the present is, where it's just like her eyes and then her eyes? I really like that. At the oh, beginning. man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Her eyes and then it's her eyes again. The yeah. the cold open of this movie. <laughs> it's great. It rules. Uh, yeah. No, I, I really love that shot where you transition from child Elizabeth to. This is the only Pirates film that doesn't start with the Disney logo. It just goes straight into it wow. with that lovely soundtrack. Another, I would count this as another movie that is fucking made by its music. Yeah, I mean, the music of this movie is fucking it's so whimsical. We gotta, I, we gotta John, talk about. Is it John? It's John Williams, right? No, no, no. Uh, Klaus Badel. Yeah, but I'm glad Klaus we're talking Badel? about this. Who the fuck this. is that? That's a good question. I'm glad <laughs> we're all asking these things. So look we're at all us. trying to find the guy we're who did this. Who is this man? Um, you so find that man, Klaus Badelt or Battelt, Klausy. Well, he's a German guy, right? And he is one of Hans Zimmer's proteges. So here's what happened. Uh, exactly, that was the same sound he made that night when he got the job. <laughs> so uh, Gore Verbinski, which is also a fun name, he hired Alan Silvestri to do the score for this. Alan Silvestri, of course, he did the music for a lot of things. He's, Forrest uh, Gump. He, he was he a frequent it. Robert Zemeckis collaborator. He's Robert Zemeckis. He yeah. also does a lot but, of the Marvel themes. Yes, he did the Avengers theme. Um, and it wasn't working out. Uh, Gore Verbinski, not, not a relationship-wise, just the music he wrote wasn't quite working. Um, 
and he takes it. Gore Verbinski goes to Hans Zimmer's house, literally shows him a cut of the of the deck scene where all of the uh, all the pirates are revealed to be ghost zombies and they're swabbing the deck. Now, if you watch it, you'll notice that the whole scene was choreographed to music that was pre-written by Alan Silvestri. So they're scrubbing in a certain yeah, there's a, there's a rhythm to there's it. There's a rhythm to it, but it's kind of slow. And Gore Verbinski had a problem. He said, this music is too fucking slow. Like, it, it brings down the whole scene. This is supposed to be intense. And the problem is, I've already choreographed with ILM. This is all, like, CGI that's locked yeah. to a certain tempo. So Hans Zimmer is on a, another project, so he can't do it. But he stays up late and writes a couple of themes and the theme that we get on that deck scene, it's to it, it, it like it increases the tempo, but it stays on it enough where when they swab, it's still kind of to the same. Yeah, it still fits the music. It's still to the rhythm, but it's much faster. And um, he, all of the main themes, the Curse of the Black Pearl theme, and he's a pirate theme, which is Jack Sparrow's theme. There are a, a f- numerous themes in this are all written by Hans Zimmer. Wow. But then he couldn't do it. He didn't have the time. So he gives it to his assistant or Klaus Padel, Klaus Padel, his, his protege, his protege to fill it in nice. and, to, and to just kind of flush it out and you do the rest. So that's uh, that. I you know, that should be and stated for the record that this is technically a, another score brought to us by Hans Zimmer. Yeah, because Zimmer then came back and did, did the rest. Two and three. Yes, did and, the, and did the rest of the ones that count. Oh, did he do four? He did four too. Ah, fuck. There's actually a good mermaid theme in that one. Yeah, but that movie sucks. It does suck. Don't. You should. Uh, I don't know. I said it like wow, that. That's, I, I don't know. I said well, it like that. I can that. bring this back to how little I want to see the new Little Mermaid because that's directed by the same guy who made fucking. The fourth uh, one? Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean on Wait, Stranger who is it? Tides. Rob Marshall. Oh, uh, I, fuck that guy. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little aggressive. I actually don't know Jesus him that much. Christ. Wait, didn't he do Into the Woods? Uh, yes, the one Rob Marshall movie that I'll stand by is Chicago. Yeah. Chicago's fun. I like oh. Chicago. Uh, but yeah. Richard no. Gere. Yeah, sure. That's a, He's in that. <laughs> Hey, uh, I'm just giving the listeners of this show a little preview of what I'm like as a human being. Yeah, because this is how up. I am, man. This is how I am in real life. Um, but yes, the music in Pirates of the Caribbean is very good. Um, that was a fun little story you told. I enjoyed that. I I do I do be uh, yeah stories. No, you're good. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> you best start believing in, in film ghost story. stories. Yar. You're here. You're, you're in them. Yeah, good. That, that was the take they didn't use. <laughs> yep. Jeffrey Rush is this movie. Start believing in ghost stories because you're in it. No, that's not right. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, uh, Mick, you also have a good little tidbit about Jeffrey Rush. Is that, it? Jo- please tell me it's not Jeffrey Rush. I'm pretty sure it's Jeffrey. Well, it looks like Jeffrey. Yeah, but that. Yeah, but you know how they spell Jeff in England? Is I don't fucking G- recognize. G-O-F-F. I don't fucking. I do not fucking recognize the sovereignty of the British crown. I'll say I'm it however. Right. Goddamn, please. That's not spell the crown. It right. Spell it right, it's you not, fucks. It's, Goddamn you! No, I will not bend my knee. I will not bend my knee to the Queen. Are you doing this because you're Canadian and you're trying to make up for the fact that your government never actually? completely severed fucking themselves kind of it really Fuck. upsets me is that what fuels it dude because you know it's not the crown, crown that my grandparents live it's in it's not the crown that's making them spell 
fucking like English pubs. I'm like, what are you doing? You don't like English pubs? Uh, it's too much. I'll have a pint of lager. You can have one. I guess that was more Australian. <laughs> Which, by the way, Jeffrey Rush is Jeffrey Rush is Australian. Is he? And Richard Gere. All right, fucking get back to the Jeffrey Rush story. So the Jeffrey Rush story is he gets the part for Barbosa, um, and he's very excited. He is a professional actor, which is why Gore Verbinski has said he hired him. Yeah, he's like a Shakespearean. He's a Shakespeare actor. trained he's, actor. Yeah, and um, no, I mean he really is. Like uh, he trained in Shakespeare. Yeah, hell of a guy. Yeah, he's, he's a, a classically trained actor. Actor, look out for him. He's a great writer. Uh, so Jeffrey Rush was hired by Gore Verbinski because he knew that he wasn't going to play Barbosa um, introspectively. He was going to wear it on the sleeve, his performance. And that's exactly what he wanted for this evil pirate bad guy. And so Jeffrey Rush gets the part. He's very excited. And he's constantly calling Gore Verbinski with questions about his background. <laughs> like, like, what do you think? Like, do you, like, was he abused as a kid? Now, this is, these aren't actual questions, but this is like, high, you know, examples. Wasn't he like getting deep into like pirate yeah, research deep too? into pirate lore and having like all these questions about like, how do you want me to come at this? Because I'm thinking this and that. And it got to the point where Gore Verbinski remembers this very well. He was at a grocery store in L.A. someplace and he gets a phone call on his cell phone and he looks down and it's Jeffrey Rush and he just goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> he picks it up and Jeffrey Rush is like, hey, Gore, so I'm thinking. And then he cuts him off going, Jeffrey, this is a Disney pirate movie. You're a pirate. Just just read the lines, how they're written. <laughs> hit your mark just hit and your say mark your lines. And just say the fucking dialogue. And that's all I need you to be thinking about. And hangs up. <laughs> then it continues where he... There's a lot of swashbuckling in this movie and sword and sword fighting. And so he wanted to really get down the sword fighting right. Like he wants it to be period accurate. Like how did pirates actually hold their swords? Like this if you were to like go at me. This is like the sweetest story ever. I fucking love I know, how much love Jeffrey it. Rush cared he about cares this movie. so much. And you can tell. I want to say for the record that you can tell watching the movie that Jeffrey Rush loves this part. Much and he's like, eating it up. Much like we were talking about with Titanic last episode. Yes. And Billy Zane. And Billy Zane. This is I I think that Jeffrey Rush is sneakily maybe the best performance in this movie. No, I, I will agree with you. I, I want to go on the record. And, and this say is a movie with right. an Academy Award nominated leading performance uh, for Johnny Depp. He was nominated. Yeah, for he this? was nominated for best leading. That's actor. fascinating. That's, I didn't know that. As much as Johnny Depp seems like kind of a bastard. Uh, great. I love him. Great. He's so good in this. Great performance. Great and performance. a cool nomination. But uh, I have something to say about that, too. But so Jeffrey Rush really wanted to get the sword fighting down. And it got to the point where the sword master and the main choreographer got so alienated by Jeffrey Rush, where if he saw Jeffrey Rush on set, like walking towards him, he would like hide <laughs> <laughs> because he was so tired of all of these fucking questions about sword fighting. So. Jeffrey Rush, we love you, man. Like we love you for caring so much. We love and your fucking commitment. You know what? This don't don't let him get you down, yeah, don't man. Don't let Gore get you down. <laughs> don't let him get Gore, you down. We also love you. But so about now we're gonna pivot to Johnny Depp's performance, which I think is one of the best twentieth century or twenty first century characters. Absolutely iconic and performed. 
Like, you know I, who didn't think it was a great performance? Michael Eisner. You're goddamn right. Because he was watching the dailies. And Michael was Eisner, like, for those who don't know, was the CEO of Disney. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't just Michael Eisner either. Like, apparently a lot of people had issue with Johnny Depp's performance because he... Uh, I believe Michael Eisner watched it and was like, what is he doing? Is he drunk? Is he gay? Yeah. What is this? Th- those are the two words, gay and drunk. And he didn't like it. He didn't think that would be two of the coolest things you can be in a, in a Disney <laughs> film. And in the answer, I've seen, to the, I've seen Alexis be both of those yeah, things. Yeah, uh, oh, at hell all times. Yeah. She's both. So basically, she's, she's a pirate. Drunk right now. She's God a pirate. <laughs> Alexis Marachino is in fact a pirate. Yeah. Um, and the answer to the questions: Is he gay? Is he drunk? The answer to those is yes. And that's why it's so good. That's what makes it so good. Um, one of my favorite critics, uh, um, Mark he, Commode. Mark Commode. He he's a critic for the BBC. Well, he was a critic for the BBC. I I happen to agree with him on so much of what he says. He's very eloquent. But one thing I disagree with him on is the pirate movies. He doesn't like them, and he's wrong. And one of the reasons he doesn't like the pirate movies is Johnny Depp's performance. And I remember him reviewing the movie and going like, "Yeah, so I heard like what Michael Eisner said, and like, Mike, fuck it, they should have listened to him. He was absolutely right. Wrong. Wrong." Absolutely so wrong. wrong. No, Johnny Depp is so good in this movie. He's so he man. He's trailer hot in this. I will say, <laughs> what? Yeah, he's trailer hot. What's trailer hot? Trailer hot is when you're just you're dirty. You look like you. Oh, you okay. look like you're no, from. I understand yeah, that. like Johnny Knoxville <laughs> is a great example of trailer hot. <laughs> where you clearly live in a trailer park and fuck it, man, you're hot. I, wow. I saw a trend about that on TikTok at some point, and yeah, what, yeah. Alexis, what's another example of trailer hot? Just so people trailer know hot. immediately. Um, I'm all Logan Lucky. <laughs> no, no, that's a bad example of trailer hot. I don't think that's a bad example. No, I feel but it's like not. It's no, it's trailer. They definitely live in a trailer. It's, it's trailer. Um, I can't really I think. Know if it's hot. I'm trying to think of somebody. Maybe like the, just, the guy from Sons of Anarchy. What in Charlie Sons of Hunnam. Anarchy? Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, no, that's an example of trailer I, hot. You know, the thing that I love about this podcast is how educational it is. It is. No, it is, man. <laughs> it is, it's my nice dude. that our listeners are learning something when Absolutely. they listen to us. Absolutely, I think my that's guy. that's beautiful. Um, I have a few <laughs> things to add about... Oh, okay. So, Johnny Depp. This Johnny was, Depp. This is what I was thinking about. Yes. Johnny Depp is so good in this movie, he's arguably too good. Because yes. I oh, think I read this, too. The thing... Yeah. Oh no! This is just a personal opinion. You didn't read. Oh, this. there's a, there's actually something um, to think about this. What I feel about the pirate sequels, two and three, the good ones, the good ones. The one issue that I have with those movies is that they make Jack the lead, and Jack Sparrow, is I think, is a supporting character and functions better as a supporting character as a catalyst for. Will and Elizabeth to change because I they're the characters that like Jack, Jack has Jack has something of an arc in terms of he yeah. gains respect yes but he doesn't really fundamentally change that much in this movie Here, Will and Elizabeth undergo significant yes change, they do and and they are the leads of this movie yes yeah uh, like they bookend yeah well technically like they bookend with like the development of like will saying miss swan and then to the end where he's finally able to like actually say her name and he says elizabeth and you can tell that like he's 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 given up uh trying to go along with societies he has a very cool hat here's what i kind of disagree with with. a nice little plume yeah i kind of disagree with the fact that he's the lead 
in the sequels. I agree with you that he's better as a supporting character. He he has more screen time, and I think he furthers the plot more. But really, the sequels are still very much the saga of 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 Will and Elizabeth. See, I feel like Will gets fairly sidelined, and to be fair, Will is the least interesting character of those three. But yes, I, I feel like two and three become much more Jack's movies. Yes, and, and I, yeah, but I, I just I don't know. I, I still think because uh, again, like especially the third one, he's not in it for like the first like third. The third the movie is very long, though. It is, and I love. It. Okay, oh, also, I, can we just say for the record, is, I'm, I'm to be fair, I'm coming at this from a place yes. of loving. Mm, of course, Pirates two and three. And, and, they and rule. What's, the, what's and, the third one? At uh, World's End. Yeah, at World's End. That's the what? one where Davy Davy Jones, he's in it. I mean, he's in the second one, too. Yeah, it's got the big fight around the whirlpool. It's the Maelstrom. Okay, the which one end. has Calypso? Uh, two and two three. and three. Uh, three is the one where she gets Zach, big. Hold on. I think we're discovering that Alexis may not have seen both of the sequels. Is that what we're... Uh, is that the horizon I, that I see? Th- there, I'm squinting th- into the horizon a, there's, and there's I'm like seeing a some good, doubt. There's a good chance that I, I maybe I haven't seen number three. I don't know. I definitely remember seeing number two because I Wait, probably on, saw it on. in theaters. Here's here's the ultimate test. Do you remember the scene where Jack Sparrow is in Davy Jones' locker and the ship is lifted by a large army of rock crabs? <laughs> like the the him being in Davy Jones' locker makes sense. The the rock crabs. I'm not, not seeing that. Not what I asked. Oh, okay. I don't think he's Alexis. <laughs> oh my Next God. time you're in town, buddy. You're oh, in God. town. <laughs> That's a musical. It is a musical. I saw it actually. The Eugene Drama Department put it on. Yeah, it was you pretty good. Probably oh saw my friend Sage in that. Who? Sage. Oh, that Sage. Yeah, Sage was in that. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. You're in town. That's not how any of the music goes. <laughs> Richard Gere. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else do we have on Pirates? Uh, uh, um, I had a couple things. Go oh, for go it. Go for it. Go, go. Oh, uh, can I just say that there's like, I feel like there's this little parallel between like uh, Commodore Norrington, 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 and um, Cal from titanic except that cal's just obviously like a bastard and commodore norrington is at least like a decent man but he's like an ice cream cone. yeah so like he's gonna shoot fucking jack right and then she's like do you really intend to kill my rescuer it kind of it was giving the same energy as like um is that like the going rate for the woman you love or you know like what rose yeah. was doing on the titanic i felt like it was uh-huh. like that yeah. yeah. Also, no, uh, no, that is it, a good parallel. I like that. So, I really is it like, like canon that Jack went mad from the sun? Like, because I never noticed that when I was a kid. Like them talking about how he just kind of went like crazy, and then him actually being like kind of fucking off his rocker. Is that? I think so. Is that can- well? Yeah. yeah. Are you referring to the line where Orlando Bloom is like, where he was on the island, he went mad with hate, and then he's like, well, that does that, does that uh, explain? I thought, I thought all they of were saying stuff? he went mad with heat. Hate. No, I thought he was say, saying heat with I an accent. Said Maybe we should I thought watch he said subtitles. heat. I, thought it was, heat. I think it's heat. Goes mad yeah. with heat? Yeah, that makes I think it's sense. like he got like heat stroke with the sun beating down on him. All right, film major listeners, yeah. write in. Yeah, did someone, Jack Sparrow go, go mad with heat, or did he go mad with hate? I, I don't think that he really did. <laughs> right hand, left hand. Heat and hate. <laughs> Great, awesome. Cool do the right thing reference, man. Yep. Um. No, I think that he didn't 
like go mad on the island because he got picked up after a few days because oh, yeah, no. there were there were <laughs> Can rum I just say, there. What I love about the whole thing is how clearly it's all bullshit. Like I love that. Yeah, his big escape story. Like, I love it. Like even I love yeah. how how Orlando Bloom plays it, where he's he's kind of like asking questions almost just to like satisfy them, but you know he doesn't buy a word of this. And mm-hmm. he, he wrestled himself a cockless sea turtles and made a raft. He's like, he made a raft with sea turtles. What did he I, use? What did, what did he, he use for rope? rope? It's like, and I love, I love how Mr. Gibbs kind of goes and then <laughs> looks, looks up over at Jack for like, like a lifeline. Like, come on, buddy, help me out here. And he, Human hair. From my back. <laughs> and, and there's this awkward, there's this awkward pause where everyone's just kind of like, okay, cool. So none of that's real. You just wasted the audience and stuff. I don't know. I, I, I really love that. And um, no, that was a bit that was ad-libbed, apparently, from Orlando Bloom, where he asked Jerry Bruckheimer, apparently, if he was okay with, like, can I, like, do an impression of George, <laughs> of, of Johnny um, Depp's, like, Jack Sparrow? And he It's was a like, good impression. No, it's really good. <laughs> where he kind of does that thing with the hands, and is, is, oh, is that the reason for this? And Mr. Gibbs like, reasons have got nothing to do with it. <laughs> I, also, the screenplay really good, very funny. Script. I love the I yeah. love the script. It's really good. Apparently, originally one of the drafts had Commodore Norrington in the beginning proposed to Elizabeth Swan, and she re- and just said no, rejected him, and he gets so mad with resentment and jealousy. This is true. He teams up with Captain Barbosa. And Commodore Norrington and Barbosa are sidekicks in trying to take over the Caribbean. That was like one of the early a, drafts of the script. That would be a worse movie. Yes. Yeah, they do definitely. kind of a better version of that. We know that because they rewrote it. They're like, ooh, yeah, no, that, let's not do that. <laughs> they do kind of a better version of that in the sequels. Yeah. Uh, with like the East India Trading Company. I love that they. Gaining control of Davy Jones. I love how they kind of set that up, actually, in the end of this. Is, is basically being like, oh no! So the the next villains, the next villains are going to be the Crown, and the East India Trading Company, which they kind of hint at in this movie. Where do they hint at that? Well, the P, the P, the pirate oh, brand. The, yeah, you had a you had a brush in with the East India Trading Company, did we? Pirate. Which, by the way, uh, they put the branded P on his wrist to tone it down because, in reality, this is true in historical fact. The East India Trading Company branded pirates by branding their foreheads with a P. Jesus. What I was going to say is that our 2% of uh, British listeners... Yes. Shame on you. We love you. You did this. We love you. You're all, you're all culpable Tell for, your the, British friends. for the actions of the Empire. Um, no, I was actually going to say, though, how you talked about Jack Sparrow in, in the first three is kind of like Mad Max a little bit in the sense that he... He's kind of like, in a way, he he creates a lot of stuff in terms of plot. He he gets he gets it going, but he's also kind of just like the viewer in regards to the Will and uh, Elizabeth storyline, which also very much bleeds into the whole Davy Jones storyline. And I like that he's just kind of like this active participant in this story, which isn't necessarily his. The stakes aren't necessarily personal to Jack. Yes. Which I mean, I they kind of that. are in this movie. They are. He's trying a, to get his ship back. But. Uh, yes, of course. Which also, I like how being a pi- or being a captain in his eyes isn't really like. It's not really. It's like once you're a captain, you're permanently captain. Like yeah. 
Like, no, that's his yeah, name. Captain now. is not a transferable title. It's like getting you don't a doctor. Yeah, you don't have to have a ship to be a captain. Right, exactly. Whereas, like, I don't see your ship, Captain. It's like, that doesn't matter, dude. I'm, I'm in the market for I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. I also love how he's such a wise ass. I, I love that, where it's like, uh, uh, you are without doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. I, but you have, but you have, heard, but you have of heard of me. Yeah, it's I love that like, line. It's like, oh, you shit stir, I love you. God damn it. We love a wise um, ass. I love Mr. Gibbs. Um, Gibbs. I think Mr. Gibbs that. is great. Yeah, when I was younger, I think I, I, I laughed quite a bit at that first like interaction um, that they have. When you when you see him again in um, yes. Port, Tort, is it Tortuga? Tortuga. Tortuga in Tortuga and he's in, he's laying with literally the pigs in their shit or their stall or whatever yeah. and um and they throw the water on him to, yeah. to wake him up and then like he throws another thing of water on him he's like I'm already awake and he's like that was for the smell I remember laughing to that quite a bit and he kind of shrugs like he shrugs kind of like yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I smell yeah. I can't <laughs> argue with that yeah um <laughs> Yeah. Don't you know it's bad luck to wake a man while he's sleeping? I just... <laughs> <laughs> That's an underrated line, by the way. It's bad luck to wake a man while he's sleeping. Okay. Let's just let's just sit in that for a little bit. How else are you supposed exactly, to wake a man? Exactly. Also, this movie starts off with them being like, it's bad luck to have women on board. Okay? Yeah. And they reiterate that By the way, again. who ends up becoming the pirate king? Yeah, in the third movie. Elizabeth Swan. Alexis wouldn't know that. No, she wouldn't. She hasn't seen the movie. Spoiler <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's fine. But, um, um, but also, that's what I maintain is that Elizabeth Swan is probably now that I'm watching these as an adult, I'm just like, wow, she's the be- part. I think pr- the best part of the movie. It's a bet. It's a great she's female great. character. Yeah, yeah. I love. She's I great. love she, it. She, she knows like quite a bit about boats, actually. You know, like when they're that's on the what makes her so and they're hot. trying to like get. You know, they're trying to like get away, and she like she's throwing some ideas out there. She's an idea girl. You she's know, she's like if we go for the shallow shoals and we'll fucking drop anchor on the right side, and they look at her like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" She goes on the starboard side, and like, "Oh, we understand what she's saying." Yeah, yeah. she speaks sea. Uh, I, this is apropos of nothing, but this is our first movie of boat month uh that the first like actual piece of filmed footage in the movie is a boat is a boat wow pretty great right that's pretty great yeah um also a little bit of trivia so this movie (laughs) was i was like 50 to 60 days of production wow guess how many days they actually shot at sea 40 five 45 what do you say i'm I'm way i'm way overselling that i'm gonna say 10 it was six Wow. wow. Out of like 50 to 60 days. That's six crazy. of these are actually on the ocean. But they did go to the ocean. They did. They, they're filming on the beach this, a lot, but actually like on the open sea, like where they're all, basically they're mm-hmm. only filming on camera boats and in a boat. That was only six days of production. Wow. They wanted to shoot in the big, big uh, um, water tank that they shot uh, Titanic at in... Uh, I forget the name of the place. It's in Mexico. It's like right on the oh, yeah, border. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they wanted to shoot. I watched a- James Cameron talk about this like a right, week ago. Exactly. They really wanted to shoot <laughs> in this tank. Jerry Bruckheimer wanted to shoot there. Gore because it would have just made logical sense. But they couldn't. They couldn't shoot there. Why? Because Peter Weir's master and commander, <laughs> the far side of the world, <laughs> don't jump the gun. Had, I have more to say about this movie. Had booked Do not the movie. Jump the gun. He had booked the tank, and so parts of the Caribbean stop couldn't it, shoot there because it. master commander was shooting there stop instead. It, stop it! Stop it! You might be wondering, listeners, why we're getting so excited. 
You're coming in too hot, buddy. I love you, but you need to cool it down. God, he's a maverick. Oh, oh shit, man. man. Um, but no, I'm talking sweaty now. Talking about shooting this on location... It's depressing to me that if you made this movie now, it would probably be shot on, like, the fucking volume or some shit. Fuck the volume. There wouldn't be... What's the volume, Zach? Uh, the volume is a uh, curved, like, massive I wall like it already. of LED screens <laughs> that are often used in lieu of a green screen. That it's can... actually very impressive It, it is very cool. I've, I've shot on a volume once. Um, really? Yeah. <clears throat> really? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I worked on a on a commercial that shot on the volume. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, it was kind of neat. But That's also, cool. like, it was you know, created for not, the Mandalorian. Yes, it's not a substitute. Which, uh, by the way, for shooting on location, there's I just agree there's with you. something I completely there's agree something with you. that you gain. But can we just say everyone's talking about the volume as being like the state of the art technology, and it is. It is. It's 100 state of the art because when you move the camera, the perspective of the background actually moves with it, which is very cool. But this is stuff that was done in the 1920s and 30s. Yeah, it's, it's like an updated version it's of an rear updated projection. Techie version of rear projection, yeah. which we've been doing since the ye olden days. So sorry, I just want to just want to let you know that the movie magic has been around since movies have been created. So yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay. um, I agree with you though. Shooting on location is absolutely the best. But they talk about in the special features how it was a fucking nightmare. Oh yeah, because. Gore Verbinski said it the most eloquently. He said, so uh, if you're ever making a pirate movie and you're in the Caribbean, you're location scout in all these islands, uh, you will very quickly come to the realization of how overpopulated this planet is. <laughs> That's, Jesus. he quote said that. And he said that because oh, it took, no. it was so hard Gore. for them. It was so hard for them to find a single beach, a single port that isn't riddled with resorts oh. and restaurants and bars. Yeah, man, that's like, true. It took them forever to find a place that looked natural. Oh, and they did a great job because I. This is something that I noticed both in A Cure for Wellness and in this. Gore Verbinski is really great at building a fantastical space that feels lived in. Yes, like. The the town in A Cure for Wellness below the sanitarium is yeah. full of, like, the spookiest fucking people on the planet. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> it, it's very tactile. It, like, the bar there feels like a place that people have been frequenting. Yeah. And it's the only place to go in town. And it's the same thing with Tortuga, where, like, there's just people are doing business all over the place. Tortuga business. Yeah. Yes. Pirate business. Also, I have Dude, to say Dude, I love the guy who's like under the, the the barrels that have like holes in them and he's just like filling it up, drinking well, then from them. You're yeah. you're a fan of the original ride because that is taken from the ride. That yeah, no, I, I like that's one of my favorite scenes because I've been on that ride like a, a yeah. bunch of times. So then I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, it looks just like it. <laughs> yeah. So that brings up something interesting that uh, this original the screenplay for Pirates of the Caribbean um, was written, I think, finished in the early 90s. And uh, no one wanted to make it except for Steven Spielberg. He wanted to make it, but he wanted to cast Robin Williams as Jack Sparrow. It fell through. Huh. He also was going to have Steve Martin and Bill Murray in it. Huh. Yeah, just mm. think about that for a little bit. Thank God mm. that wasn't I kind of want to see that. I kind of don't. <laughs> so um, I like all those actors quite a bit. Uh, so that <laughs> never think, happened. I think Steve would have made a good movie. Disney didn't want to make it. They didn't like it until 
until get this. They had they were sitting on the script again. They had was not it greenlit ca- it. Was it called Pirates of the Caribbean at the time? I don't know. I don't think so. But I think it became Pirates of the Caribbean when there was suddenly within the Disney studio a push to adapt their theme park rides into movies. Which and has then notoriously Disney, gone well. Which Disney then realized, wait a minute, hey, there's you remember that pirate script that we put down like in the early nineties. Let's dust that off. And they whoo, they dust it off, and they were like, huh, yeah, no, this would be really good for our pirate ride. Yeah, we could make a whole bunch of money. It's, yeah. It's a crazy example of, like, like fucking vertical, like, brand integration. Yes. Yielding something that, like, winds up being a great movie. Yeah, and it was going like, to be all historical. It was just going to be a historical epic. Like other pirate movies, which have failed, You're and we're going to talk about that for a little bit. It wasn't going to involve the Bone Pirates. It was never. It originally was <laughs> never going to have any supernatural Bone Pirates in it. The Bone Pirates. But then something happened that made Bone Pirates. The Bone Pirates. There was a. There's a guy <laughs> that, that you might you might be familiar with him called Jerry Bruckheimer. So Jerry Bruckheimer heard. Wow. That they're making a pirate movie. <laughs> you're telling me you're making a pirate movie? Yeah, God exactly. Damn, that so he goes to Disney and says, basically, oh, get in here, buddy. I'm going to take this over. This is now going to be a Jerry Bruckheimer film with Disney financing because, you know, he liked the Coke budget that Disney could provide. And uh, his first oh, well, note, well. his first note was to, well, his first thing was to bring in. Uh, Ted Rocio and uh, what are the name of the screenwriters? Uh, they get credit on this. They are uh, Terry Rocio, Ted Elliott, yes. I believe, are the two guys who get credit. The, that was a, his first point of business was to bring in these two guys to punch up the script and do a rewrite. And his main note was to them was to make it supernatural. Bring in ghosts, bring in ghost pirates. That's fucking awesome. Yes, right? Let's go, Jerry. So <laughs> also, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first Jerry Bruckheimer movie that we've reviewed. Uh, it might be. I think this is our first Jerry Bruckheimer film. Well, I just have a sneaking spiel, a sneaking, a sneaking su- Spielberg, a sneaking spiel, a sneaking and little sneaky Spielberg. <laughs> uh, no, I have a sneaking <laughs> suspicion that in July we might. Uh, oh yeah, we might cover. Oh, a we're going back of to the Bruckheimer. Movies. We're going back to oh, drink yeah. from the the Bruckheimer Brook. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was his main note. And Bruckheimer's love- uh, blockbusters. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Wait, did you ask if he does blockbusters? No, it's Bruckheimer's blockbusters. Oh, Bruckheimer's blockbusters. Yeah, Yeah. I like like it. I like it. I like alliteration, guys. I just, yeah, you know. We salute you. (laughs) You're you're an English major, right? Uh, Yeah, I was at one time. (laughs) And then what did you end up I have to say, your English is very good. Uh, I love that joke. I got a minor degree in English, and then I got my my bachelor's in uh, in film. You you majored in film? And that's the whole that's the whole central yeah, conceit that's of the, whole, the yeah. whole show. That's the whole show right there. That's yes, Conan. Fucking yes. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Bob. <laughs> what else about Jerry Bruckheimer? I like him. Uh, uh, I wanted to say <laughs> about uh, the Bone Pirates in this the movie. The Bone Pirates. Yes. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> the, uh, the severed the severed hand comedy that happens with uh, with uh, Governor Swan, played by. Um, Don't remember. Jeffrey Rush. Oh, nope. my God. 
<laughs> that's Bardos. No, Richard Gere. Yes, that is a guy. Also Alexis, not Richard Gere. That's Tim Allen in Wild Hogs. All right. So the, my point is that I feel like this movie primed me to be an Evil Dead fan. Because because of the yes, dude. I was thinking of it too, dude. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go. All wow. the bone pirates and the severed hand comedy. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. You know what I really like though. I love that the flask. Like when they they're shooting, um, they're like, oh, put whatever you can into the cannons, and they start putting like I don't know, like silverware and different things, and then somebody stuffs uh, Gibbs's flask in there. It shoots over, and Jack <laughs> finds it, and then he's like, and then it's fucking empty. So, but he yeah. keeps it on him, and he returns it back to Gibbs. And this is this happening like going back yeah, and forth between the scenes. Yeah, he you know, swings back over to the interceptor from. The but not at first. He needs a couple of attempts. He keeps going back and forth. Yeah, he screaming. went back and forth a few <laughs> times. He get, finally gets down, slaps the flask to gives his chest, and he's just like, "It's out, mate." You know? He's like, "It's bloody <laughs> empty." Yeah. By the way, Mr. Gibbs's pirate facial hair—all real. Oh, he grew that. Man, he grew those mutton chops. He grew it, the mutton chops. It looks incredible. Looks incredible. Yeah. Congratulations um, on your hair. I, I, yeah, Alexis, I'm really glad you're bringing up the physical comedy of this movie because yeah. there is. Some great visual gags. Um, I love how and they and they play this up in the sequels too. That Jack Sparrow will get himself out of sticky situations by being. They even comment on it in the movie. Like I, this is either madness or brilliance. And he says, it's, yeah. you know, it's amazing how often those two coincide. And mm-hmm. that's basically his ethos as a character because he does things that really shouldn't work. And they almost don't, <laughs> but he so often finds success by accident. He's a trickster. Yeah. He's a trickster. He's almost as slippery as an eel. And one might say there's lots of eel business to be found in these here pirate films. That's a reference to our uh, previous episode of um, another Gore Verbinski movie, A Cure for Wellness, where there is, in fact, yes. a lot of eel business. Take a shot every time there's eel business. But there's a scene good in... Good plug. Right? That was subtle. I'm very good at plugging. <laughs> so um, there's a scene later in, I think it's Dead Man's Chest or at World's End, where... <laughs> Jack Sparrow, like he swings around and he does like this acrobatic thing and then falls like out of frame and the characters can't find him. And then they like turn around and he's up just leaning against like a lantern. And he's like, and that was even without a single drop of rum. And I love how they play up the fact that this guy just does fucking crazy shit. And he's it it kind of reminds me of dun 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 where it's kind of like he doesn't have a plan. He just does it. And hopes for the best, but and he Ethan, lucks Ethan out. Ethan Hunt projects like he projects confidence and competence. And Jack, competence. He projects confidence because he's drunk. Yeah, Jack projects confidence. confidence. He does not project competence. competence. But he's clever. Yes, he is clever because he's actually a bit of a master manipulator. Yeah, and oh, that's yeah. what kind of makes him very he's, interesting he's as great a character. Because people yeah. underestimate him. I love how he says, uh, "Like, what's your name?" Will Turner. Hmm. No doubt a name to your father, eh? And he goes, yes. And he goes, uh-huh. All right, yeah, I'll help you. Like, he's already thinking, like, the gears are moving in his head. He's already formulating his master I would, plan. I would argue that Jack Sparrow has one of the greatest character introductions yes. where the first few seconds of him in the movie so completely heroic. sum him up as yes. a character. Yep. Because you get <laughs> yes. him looking... Cool as fucking hell. Sexy as hell. His theme. 
magic hour. Da, 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 da. He's atop a sail. Yeah, he's atop a mast. Yes. Staring out into the distance. Looking With confident. a beautiful horizon behind beautiful. him. Beautiful. Then we get another shot, and we realize that he is on a ship that is sinking. Yes. He is the one man on a little fucking dinghy. It's a dinghy. <laughs> he, but he does not care. Nope. He continues He's to confident. project that he is fucking cool He's as He's large hell. and in charge. Uh, and then as you see the, the boat sinks more and more until it gets to a dock and he steps onto the dock. And he steps dock. on it without even, a, without even missing a beat. Yeah, it's, it's just like yeah. a step in a staircase. Not, not a shred of embarrassment And in it's him. like, and that really does sum <laughs> him up as a character where it's like, he. It doesn't matter that the ship is literally sinking. He's gonna make it work. Yeah. He's gonna find a way, and he does. Yeah. He's gonna look like a, he's gonna look like an idiot. Yeah. But ultimately, he's pretty fucking cool. And then you also learn a little bit more about him <laughs> as a character when he goes up and says, "Hey, it's it's a shilling to tie up your boat to the dock." Cut to a very funny shot of a boat that's just sunk next to the dock, <laughs> and he's like, "What do you say to three shillings?" And we forget the name. Welcome to Port Royal, Mister Smith. It's like, oh, wow, he paid him even more money because I guess he yeah. doesn't want to be found out. He continues to yeah. walk, then takes the bag of money from the guy that he just gave money to and makes a profit <laughs> yes, out of it. Robs <laughs> he just robs him. <laughs> what a bastard. Yeah. And uh, it's great. That's yeah. a really good time. Yeah. Great I love watching this movies. movie. I would say that this movie, I, I said to Zach, is like, man, you put this up there with Mask of Zorro, uh, Indiana Jones, or, or The Mummy. It's just like... It's one of the all-time great adventure films. It's a swashbuckler. Yeah. It's got some fun. It's got a fun, some fun callbacks too, because you know, at the very beginning, when Jack is in the um, in the prison cell, and a cannonball comes through, and it frees the men next to him, but doesn't free Jack. And then when he's on the ship, I think on the Black Pearl in the brig, um, a cannonball comes through, and he doesn't notice it right away. But the cannonball went through the front of the door, and so he's able to get Stop out. Like right then. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Fun times. That's good shit. Yeah. Fun good times shit. on, on, on the, the big C. On, on the big C? On the big old <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Referencing Ooh. cancer, man. Look at the fuck. <laughs> she said uh, hi, fun times on the big C. Fun times with the big C. The big C, my boy. That was the tagline for 50-50, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good movie. Uh, yeah, no, this movie is... Okay, so actually, I have a... Oh, go ahead, Alexis. Uh, I really love the uh, Barbosa, the thing with the apple. That's, like, the last thing that happened. Like, he, he talks about how, like, the first thing he wants to do when he becomes, like, human again is to eat a bushel of apples. And you keep seeing, like, the apple, like, be the symbol of, like, I don't know, like, Which freedom is a good or something Disney for reference. him. Yeah, and... Oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. The poison and, apple, uh, the green poison, Yeah. Yeah, like he's no obsessed way. with like seeing like people like Elizabeth eat this apple and uh, and then like when he dies, he literally like he he drops an apple like he was like yeah. just he waiting to it. have like have a bite Which, of that. But apple. I, I also like that the apple, in my opinion, is kind of a metaphor for sex, because in that same speech where he talks about how he's going to eat a whole bushel of apples. Yeah. He's talking about how food turned to ash in their mouths. Yeah. All the drink could not satiate them. Or all the drink, would they'd still be thirsty. And our lust was insatiable. Yeah, no matter how many kind pleasure of, of good company, their lust could not be quenched. Yeah, and he's kind of coming on to Elizabeth and he yep. goes, when, uh, when this curse be lifted... I'll eat a whole bushel yeah. of apples. He's basically He's saying, I'm thing. going to ravage you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, that's what I got from that. 
Oh, which I did not pick up on as a child. I picked up on that as a kid. I was like, "Woo, man, he gonna go to town on her." (laughs) You did not say that. You're disgusting. (laughs) You're fucking done. (laughs) Oh no. But uh, yeah, Yeah. no, it's it's, no. I I like that. I like that the pirates are kind of horny. I think it's good. Sure. That, well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That pirates are just. I mean, that's kind of their whole spiel. Yeah, you're gonna be horny. It's, you're gonna be horny as a pirate. Yeah. Horny pirates. Well, I think um, anytime you have like a bunch of men in one concentrated area, like all together doing bro stuff. I don't know. I yeah. think honestly, I think maybe you guys you? make each other ah. horny, and then like, and then it's like with all this. Stuff, I don't know. <laughs> it's contagious. What, would you just? It, it is. What are, you talking about? What are you guys still touching about, over there? No. no. Um, <laughs> convincing, convincing. Um, so uh, I, I actually, I'm glad we're talking about Barbosa um, because I don't know about you, but I'm, I feel a little bit of melancholy about his death. Yeah, it's a little I sad. did too. The apple made me sad. He never got to and, eat his. Yeah, it's a good character. That's a good detail. metaphor. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. where he opens the shirt and you start to he bleeds and you go, oh shit, this and is this is his... legit right here. And he said, and I love how he goes, I feel mm-hmm. like he's actually feeling. And then he says, cold. And you mm-hmm. just see the light leave his eyes and he collapses. And you kind of go, well, fuck. I mean, he's a bad guy, but I didn't, I kind of like them a little I bit. I feel like yeah. it's an anticlimactic end for him in some ways. Yeah. He, you know, he didn't kill Elizabeth for the no. sacrifice when he could have. No, he did. Yeah. He just cuts her hand. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, know. some people pay for that privilege. I mean, I mean, All maybe right. he just wanted to save her for later, but you know. Well, he, he did. Well, he did. He, say he, he did. Though. He, he did though. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he likes, yeah, so maybe it wasn't hundred percent altruistic. Yeah. Oh, but, ew. What? Ew. <laughs> Don't think about that too much. I also just wanted to say that, like, in the scene where he gets <laughs> shot, and just kind of throughout this movie. Yeah. I feel like you never really see blood in a PG-13 movie these days like you do in this. No, you don't. And this actually is the first PG-13 movie released under the Disney banner ever made. Wow. Yep. This was the first. Pirates of the Caribbean, Crystal Black Pearl got it rolling. Now, to be fair, they owned Mm -hmm. Touchstone Pictures since the 80s. Yes, right. And they released PG-13 movies. But this was the first time you would see the Mouse House play in front of a movie with this rating. Wow. And I like that because if there's a movie that's going to be a first for that, it should be fucking be Pirates yeah, of the Yeah, it should be it one is. that's fucking cool. great. Yeah. No, I, 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 uh, I have a good time with it for sure. I also love another great female empowerment moment is where the pirate in the cave is like, I'm going to teach you the meaning of pain. And then mm-hmm. he gets hit off camera and it's Elizabeth Swan going, you like pain, try wearing a corset. She gets a one-liner. Yeah. She gets a one-liner, yeah. baby. Yeah. And it's I, great. I was literally thinking about that line right before you said that. <laughs> this yeah. is another, uh, you know, Zach period piece. I think this is great. I think more period pieces need to have big boats that sink. I I, I'm kind of with you, man. I think that might be, I mean, that might okay. be the thing that gets Is that, that your Zach secret going. sauce? So, that might be the thing that gets Zach going for a period I, piece. Can I just say something? <laughs> So Jeffrey Rush was once asked, why do you think the Pirates of the Caribbean ended up being such a big financial hit? And he has a theory, which was, um, I don't know if he's right, but I kind of like it, which is people are, in fact, hungry for the historical. And if you can package it in a blockbuster, big explosion, big swashbuckling, cool action set pieces, it's going to take off. If you do it correctly, it's going to really work. And he said that's why he's so proud 
to have played Barbosa and keeps returning to it even in the mediocre sequels is because he has a very special um, affection for them because he believes that the historical epics aren't dead. Yeah. That's why he thinks it's, it, it, it is successful is because the people have a hunger for it and they're just not, they don't know it until they get it. And actually that's what I want to ask. Uh, I want to ask you two is uh, Disney was obviously, and with good reason, very apprehensive to make a big budget pirate swashbuckling movie because they had been trying to make these since the seventies. They used to have the golden age with, uh, um, Errol Flynn, Errol Flynn, exactly. Back in the old days with these big pirate films, good job, film major. And then they just stopped. So in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, they kept making pirate movies, and they were just complete flops and disasters. Um, so why, I want to ask you two, why did pirates work when the others didn't? Oh, uh, this is so easy. What is, is it sexy? It's the bone pirates. You think it's the bone pirates? I think so. I might agree with you, because the teaser trailer for this because I remember I used to watch it in little Fred Meyer's uh, little tech section. The scene that they kept playing for the trailer was the underwater march sequence. Oh, it's so good. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. And you see that thing get crushed by, the, by a uh, skeleton foot. And then you see these mean scary looking zombie pirates yeah, and it was, was cool like, this movie whoa. was an effects like spectacle it was film and like to its credit the effects hold up they do the ilm scanned turkey bacon and turkey jerky to be used for the zombie skin wow that's the where they got the textures Neat. And a funny little story, uh, uh, um, a little film franchise that was very ahead of its time in regards to visual effects, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, they mm-hmm. were in the middle of mm-hmm. shooting uh, The Return of the King, where they have the... Uh, uh, the the uh, Army the, of the Dead. The Army of the Dead. Yeah. And if you remember, you have it, this kind of visual effect where you kind of see what the the character looked like when they were alive and then they would fade in and out to zombie to skeleton, then zombie skeleton human as the character's talking, the zombie, the the army of the dead. Yeah. As they're making it, they were very, they were, they were patting themselves on the back going like, fuck, this looks great. This is exactly how we want it to look. And then they got a phone call one morning. Like guys, have you seen the trailer for pirates of the Caribbean curse of the black (laughs) pearl? And they go, no, why? And then they see this shot of Jeffrey Rush go, you best start believing in ghost ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're You're in in one. one. And it starts with him in full Jeffrey Rush mode and walk into the moonlight and turn into a zombie. And they all went, fuck. (laughs) God damn it. ILM beat us by a fucking hair. Um, I love those competitive moments in Hollywood. And this is one of them. And also, that was why they went with Orlando Bloom. Gore Verbinski, it came down to two people. Orlando Bloom and Heath Ledger. It's going to be Will Turner. And he went with Orlando Bloom because he had, he was in uh, photography or production for Lord of the Rings. And Gore you know? thought it would be a wiser business decision to go with Orlando Bloom because he would have been a more bankable star. Because bear in mind, Heath Ledger was not the name that he was in the early 2000s. I think that might yeah. be the right choice, low key. Yeah, I kind of I agree. I think Heath Ledger would have had too much, for lack Screen of a better presence. word, swag. Well, yeah. that's you. You talked about how uh, Johnny Depp had such screen presence. They actually had to frame him out of shots because 
<laughs> your eye would just be drawn yeah. to Jack Sparrow. That's Gore Verbinski has said in an interview, like he would tell his cameraman, like, no, you have to like frame him out of this yeah. because you're just going to be looking at Jack Sparrow. Yeah, I think Will has to be kind of a wet blanket. A and little bit. I think, I think yeah. Heath Ledger would have had too much charisma. And that was a thing. Apparently, Orlando Bloom was very excited to be on screen with a pirate and he wanted to be super mm-hmm. cool. And apparently, Gore Verbinski numerous times, according to him, would have to tell Orlando Bloom, no, you're still a dork. Yeah. Like, you're not cool yet in, in the story. You have to tone it down. You know, you're, you're just a, you know, you're a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed guy who's, who believes the pirates are bad and all this stuff. No, my dad wasn't a pirate. He was a good guy. Well, okay, you don't need to talk like that. My name's Will Turner. No, that's okay. And my dad was a... That's all right. That's all right. No, Orlando, Orlando, dial it back. Dial it back, Orlando. No, that's okay. No, that's all right. Neat. Neat. Good stuff. Uh, wow. Do we have anything else on Pirates, Alexis? Um, oh, my mom made a, a, a note when we were watching the movie. She was like, there must have been a lot of stuntmen on this. And I was like, there must have been a lot of what? Sorry? Stuntmen. Stuntmen? stuntmen? Yeah. A lot of stuntmen. Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of shit yeah. going on. A lot of stuntmen, indeed. Yeah, yeah, I nailed that, Dolores. I'm proud of you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I do. I do. Yeah. No. Um, Elizabeth Swan. Best part of this movie. I'll reiterate that. That's it. That's that's it. She gets yeah. even better in the sequels. You should watch the sequels. Yeah. I, I um, remember watching the sequels. I don't I think I probably only saw them once. Maybe not I, the third. I don't know. <laughs> I want to state for the record. I think we should set the record straight that sure. the sequels are, in fact, two and three, two and three. Fucking good movies. You're goddamn right. This because I know they get a bad rap from some people. Mm-hmm. especially when they were first released. But um, I have maintained, I know Zach agrees, and I know Alexis agrees even more. That, <laughs> Despite having not, seen, having not seen the third one. But uh, <laughs> th- this is a rock-solid trilogy. Yeah. And it was never intended to be a trilogy. Like, this, the first one was written to just be a I standalone movie. The same way about uh, these movies that I do about uh, the Matrix movies. In that uh, now those are sequels first, I haven't seen. I like the Matrix sequels. I think they're good. Okay, and they came out uh, around the same time, shot in a similar way because uh, much like Pirates two and three, the Matrix two and three were shot back to back. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I never disliked the, the the sequels to the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. off the success of uh, the Lord of the Rings, they right. they copied that model once the first movies of those were successful. And yeah, I, I like the sequels. They're good. Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. No, if You so can if, watch all these movies on Disney Plus, and you should. There's a reason why we have been unless talking so affectionately. Unless you have an old TV. Yeah. There's a reason we've been talking so affectionately about the sequ- the two sequels, two and three, is because they're just damn good fucking movies. You want to talk about good visual effects? Fucking Davy Jones, man. You're goddamn right. Holy shit. Talk about effects that hold up. Um yeah, no, uh, this is uh, one of my favorite adventure films. Uh, it, it's so good. It's one of my favorite boat movies. It's, um, I think it would have behooved us to talk about this, and we goddamn did. This was a good conversation. Yeah. This was good film conversation. It sure was. I really appreciate it. This is a it. delight chatting with you guys. Yeah. So, Mick, wow. we're, uh, we're swiftly approaching the end of our voyage. We are, and that's sad. The winds are <laughs> carrying us to distant shores. They and, are. Uh, to, to gay shores, from what I understand. <laughs> and before we arrive on those on but those this was a little shores, bit of a preview, though. This movie's kind of gay. Yeah, a little. 
<laughs> Nothing, Alexis. I, I waited for a resident, a resident gay to, ch- to chime in here. Oh my god! No, I was, it was, I was having a good time seeing uh, two white men <laughs> deliver that statement. Hey, you can Very be white. white and you gay. can be white and gay. What is racist? Sure. You yeah. Know. Wait, can you not be? No, I know. Someone, yeah, someone tell Elton John. You know. <laughs> I'm not looking. One of them is definitely not. So I'm like, I'm definitely not looking too. Yeah, gay Zach, guys. you straight Greekman. I'm just happy to be included. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just, I just work here. Well, Nick, where are we ending up before we get to those gay shows? Well, red skies in morning, sailors take warning. Red skies at night, sailors delight. For it be a red sky at night because our next movie that plays at the Pirate Cineplex is Peter Weir's Master and Commander. The Far Side of the World, which, by the way, it's just, a 2003 film. It's another 2003 film, and I would have to say, if if it when it comes to tall ship movies, Pirates of the Caribbean is kind of a tall ship movie for kids. Yeah, it's definitely children's entertainment. This is more of a tall ship movie for adults. It's a film for adults. That's so. Fair to say. This is going to be our first yeah. NC-17 episode. <laughs> Yeah, it's a PG-13 film, but, uh, but I will record this episode new. Alexis is making a face on Zoom. It, here's the reason it's NC-17. is because <laughs> I don't know if you've heard, Alexis, or our listeners from uh, an actor called Russell Crowe, but he has informed the world that Master Commander is a movie for adults. We will get into that, we'll get into in that. depth next episode. We will explain what we mean. Yes. Uh, but if you want to watch Master Commander uh, before... Next week's episode, you can find it on for our free. Shelf. Yeah, you can find it on our shelf, or you can find <laughs> it for, over. F- for free on YouTube or Tubi, which uh, will be with ads. Tubi or not Tubi? That Tubi. is the question. Tubi Loki has a fucking great selection of movies. They, Tubi you should, has. A, you should make use of it. Yes, it's very good. I I love their selection. It's of, free. This episode today is brought to you by. Tubi. Tubi. Loki, I, I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to see if we can get a Tubi ad. We, sh- we should get a Tubi ad. Alexis, do you think we should get a Tubi ad? A Tubi ad? An ad. Yeah, an ad for from Tubi. Tubi. Oh, I guess. Yeah. And with that, folks, we wrap up episode of Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, or Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Aztec Gold, or as Gore Verbinski wanted it, Pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, if you want to find the film majors on social media, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Film Majors Pod. And if you want to shoot us an email, let us know uh, what movies do you think depict crime in a sexy way? Uh, what are some of your favorite boat films? And, and why is it Wild Hogs? All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You can email us at filmmajorspod at gmail.com. And uh, uh, before you get out of here, Leave us a rating. Leave us a like. Boost us in that algorithm. Comment on us. Share us. Share we us. need Share to reach us. more people. Share our bodies. Also, Lucas, I know you're listening to this episode because this is a favorite fucking movie. I just want to say I love you. I love All you right. Big time, buddy. Okay. Alexis, you got anything else? Um, Quick shout out to my mom who loves Overboard, which is a boat movie. Gang, gang. Gang, gang, baby. All righty. All right, folks. We'll see you on our next maiden voyage next week. We're moving on to Pharaoh. Arr.